Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today I am coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Why am I in San Antonio, Texas? It is the start of the combined sections meeting for the American Physical Therapy Association. And so I thought, who else to have on the program to kick off the combined sections meeting than the president of the American Physical Therapy Association, Dr. Sharon Dunn. So a little background on Dr. Sharon Dunn. She received her BS in physical therapy in 1987 from LSU Health Sciences Center in her hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. She has since completed a master's of health in 96 and a PhD in cellular biology and anatomy in 2006. She has been a faculty member at LSU since 1990, currently as an associate professor and chair of the rehab services department. Since beginning service through the professional organization as a student, Sharon has served as the state government affairs chair, Louisiana chapter president, vice president, delegate, and most recently elected the APTA president. And it was an honor to have Sharon on. She is so open and honest and just a joy to talk to. And I'm just so proud to have her representing the American Physical Therapy Association. So what do we talk about? In this episode, we talk about the Choose PT campaign and its progress in promoting physical therapy as a pain management alternative. So instead of all that opioid use, uh, the already record shattering CSM 2017 and what's in store for attendees. And I believe there's going to be almost 13,000 people here in San Antonio. Themes the APTA is pursuing in 2017, including the quadruple aim and encouraging a therapeutic alliance. And we also spoke about the seven for 2017. And you'll have to listen to get all of those seven. I'm not going to give them all away uh, in the intro. Uh, But definitely listen for those uh, seven for 2017. They're the big things that APTA is working on for this year. Um, And it was great. This was a great talk. I learned so much. Um, I actually saw Sharon yesterday. She is already here and hard at work at CSM. Uh, So for everyone that is coming to San Antonio, um, it's beautiful. The the venue, the convention center is great. And I hope San Antonio is ready for 13,000 physical therapists to descend on this city this week, because it's going to be kind of crazy. So thanks so much to Sharon Dunn for being part of the podcast this week. And thank you all for listening. And if you're going to be at CSM, definitely try and come and find me because I will give you a hashtag women in PT ribbon if I have any left. So definitely come and find me. Anyway, enjoy this episode. Everyone traveling to CSM, I wish you safe travels and a great conference. Hi, Sharon. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you on again. Thank you, Karen. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Yeah, Happy New Year. And, you know, so far this year, it's been quite a busy year, I think, in the PT world. We just came off of the Graham sessions. We'll talk about that in a second. We've got combined sections coming up in, what, two weeks? Uh, Two weeks from today, I think, right? Two weeks. My, my my week starts on February 13th, so okay. most of us will get to spend Valentine's Day together. Yes, that's true. Yes, I will, I'm will. i actually getting in on the 13th also because I'm taking a pre-con course this year that I'm really excited about. Um, so let's, before we get into the Graham sessions and CSM, 
let's quickly kind of take a look back at last year. So I feel like 2016 was a banner year for physical therapists and for the APTA because of a lot of different initiatives that got through Congress and the Choose PT campaign. So what are you most proud of from last year? I think the collaborative work that that the board and staff have accomplished together, but also with our components. And you mentioned the Choose PT campaign, and I'm thrilled that physical therapists were recognized by the White House and the CDC as a credible alternative to pain management. And that came um, just from responding to a call. The White House called APTA and invited us to come and, and see if we could be part of a solution. We answered the bell. We shared with them what we thought we could do. And then a few months later, the CDC was publishing guidelines on pain management and the opioid crisis and listed physical therapy as a credible alternative. So I think that was probably one of the signature accomplishments of 2016, not only that the White House and the CDC recognized this, but APTA built tools for member and component implementation and communications efforts. And, and it felt good to see that we were aligned uh, around an issue and were able to have an impact. And so when you get a call from the White House and you go and you meet with with these uh, officials, what is that like? Well, I didn't know what to expect either. And our um, public policy team took me to uh, the, the presidential area in D.C. and we met with essentially staffers who were assigned to make headway towards solutions to the opioid crisis. So it wasn't us sitting in the Oval Office having a conversation with the president. It was APTA, me and Mandy Froelich and Justin Elliott in a room with APTA's staff I mean, uh, the White House staff who were assigned to this problem, and and they were asking about professional physical therapy and essentially what we do clinically. So I was able to um, suggest some research and some areas where physical therapy is effective on the front end of, of pain and trauma that, that creates acute and chronic pain. And shared with them that we were a non-pharmacologic conservative approach to man pain management. And and they took uh, took our recommendations. They asked if we could, first they asked how many members we had and what our reach might be and asked if we could participate in a communication education effort. And we, we said, yes, we would love to be a part of it. So yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's how that started. Yeah. That's awesome. I would be so nervous. <laughs> I would. I would uh, be so nervous. Actually, I was anxious. You know, you go in, you don't know yeah. what to expect. So, but but then they put us at ease and just ask about the profession and ask what we could accomplish. Yes, yeah, so and actually, actually, I had a conversation early in my tenure as president with with uh, Linda Woodhouse, who's the president of the Canadian Physiotherapy Association, and she said. 
don't wait necessarily for an invitation and have all your ducks in a row. Show up and offer the solutions. So I took her advice and we went in. And actually, this campaign has turned into a collaborative effort just in the last month with Canada. And they're excited to join us in spreading this um, Choose PT campaign beyond our borders to the north. So we're excited about collaborating with them. Yeah, that's awesome. You'll have to grab Emma Stokes at CSM and throw in the the WCPT. Yeah, we're excited about her coming. She's here to she'll she'll be here to celebrate the Sectional Women's Health yep. uh, 40th anniversary. So it's exciting that we have our international colleagues joining us at CSM. Yeah, absolutely. And now I guess that leads into what, what are you looking forward to the most at CSM? I'm looking forward to continuing to shatter records every year. And, and the, the program committee that is assembled from all of our sections continues to raise the bar on programming. So the brand of the combined sections meeting is strong and established as the go-to meeting for clinical content and expertise. So we're already anticipating more than 12,000 physical therapists and physical therapists and students of physical therapy being there. Wow. And that's what I most look forward to. Uh, I ask one of our board colleagues, Carol Odo, who is there from Texas, if San Antonio could take 12,000 of us. And she said, yeah, and, and my concern was the river there that we'll be on. Is it How deep is it? She said, oh, if anybody falls in the river, all they have to do is stand up. Oh, is that thing. right? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Man, 12,000 people. Yeah, I hope San Antonio is ready for that. That is a lot of people. Now, that's yeah. definitely more than last year. What was it, like around 11,000 and change? It was 11,300 and something, and that was a record setter. Yeah. So this continues to be a big draw for the profession, and, and, and we're excited to host that many people and, and to continue on the clinical excellence trajectory. And then what is a day for you like at CSM? Because I think people think that you're just sort of hanging around, you know? <laughs> Like just you're yeah. there to kind of you know shake hands and kiss babies, you know. Yeah, I I have a draft schedule right now, and the Tuesday, the, actually Wednesday through Friday, it's it's pretty packed. So, uh, um, an APTA staffer, actually Bonnie Pavanelli, who's um, been with APTA over 30 years helps make sure I get to my next appointment on time. So you'll see Bonnie and I walking from meeting to meeting and then making sure uh, the timeline is right to get me to my next appointment. So starts off with one day starts off with a breakfast with the past presidents. And, and that's always nice to have an opportunity to interact with those who've been in a role before. And then the that that will be from seven thirty to eight thirty, and then the meetings start, and then I get an opportunity to welcome um, people to CSM at the at the opening ceremonies, and I introduce some of the homework lectures, uh, the Sarasoli lecture that the 
secular education has every year. Um, so it's it's quite busy, but it's organized enough to to make sure that I'm where I need to be, and then I have opportunities to interact too. I'm doing a presentation Saturday. You um, are. Uh, maybe it's Friday from eight to ten. What are yeah, you presenting? I'm on, on? A, I'm on a panel with um, physical therapists and a representative from the American College of Sports Medicine about uh, collaborative effort on ACSM's exercises medicine campaign. So that's going to be a, a fun and interactive panel conversation. Oh, that's cool! And that's Friday morning. Friday morning, eight to ten. Nice, nice. Let me check my. I should, I should check my draft schedule to make sure. I, I think that's Friday morning. Yeah, maybe Thursday. We can look it up. We'll look. We'll look you up by speaker. <laughs> well, I did, it's funny. I did a podcast the other day with Dustin Jones. He and I are doing um, uh, a session on uh, old is not weak, sort of strength training for the older adult. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Thursday from 11 to 1. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> He's like, no, it's Friday. And I was like, are you sure? He was right. I was I was 100% wrong, and I would have definitely showed up on the wrong day. Um, <clears throat> I just pulled up my schedule, and it's Thursday. Thursday. And the, the sports section is, is hosting it. Cool. Thursday, 8 to 10. Awesome. So if you want to go see Cher and present everyone, show up. I hope they have a big room. Um, okay, so, yeah, right? So as I said when when um, we first came on, we just came off the Graham Sessions. That was last week, two weekends ago. And yeah. the Graham Sessions... Wasn't that a great location? Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. So it was right on the beach in St. Petersburg, Florida. And the sand is like super soft, right? It was like mm-hmm. I saw you doing your push-up challenge on the beach. Felt like powder. It, yeah. It was so it was nice, and it was nice to be barefooted on the beach in January. Oh so my God! Kudos, kudos to to the institute from PPS for picking the place. They yeah. did a great job. No, that was awesome, and and I really enjoyed. You know, I, I enjoy how they kind of change it up every year. Um, so, what was your favorite part about the Graham sessions? This year, Steve Anderson always does a great job in in selecting and hosting outside voices to come and speak to us. And this year, Dave Chase came, and he's actually the uh, he was the executive producer of the Super Size Me mm-hmm. uh, film years ago about um, how uh, a constant diet of fast food can contributes to an obese nation. So yeah, and some pretty he, bad he, health problems. Yeah, and and Dave is convinced that healthcare and healthcare delivery in the United States is broken, and it's uh, the Affordable Care Act has not yet fixed it. So he was talking about solutions to to the healthcare delivery, and one of the things that he said that stuck with me is that we don't necessarily need a triple aim; we need a quadruple aim because we can't forget to take care of the providers who are are in the mix as well so lower cost better experience quality delivery plus taking care of the providers uh, who who are delivering the care and 
that that stuck with me because he he was saying with all of the regulations and documentation and electronic medical record um, requirements that are that are coming through are are wreaking havoc and taking its toll on provider burnout. So it was it was good to hear that from an outsider who who is watching and and really paying attention to healthcare reform. Yeah, I agree. And I think he said, you know, doctors and therapists didn't go to school to be administrators and to, right. to be to be admins and to be doing more paperwork than actually FaceTime with your patients. Yeah. And and I think having that fourth aim and like you said, the triple aim having a quadruple aim where having happy providers makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if and and if we can find ways to do the administrative piece without taking the provider away from the patient, um, because most of us chose a healthcare and a and a service profession because that's where our rewards are and and the relationship and what we do with with patients to help them manage their health needs. Yeah, and it's it's all about making that connection. You know, if you can make that connection with your patient, it's you form this therapeutic alliance and I think it's so much easier to attain those now quadruple aim. Mhm. Yep. You know, I it's I I agree. I thought his lecture was really great and and a lot of food for thought, a lot of food for thought from that. So mm-hmm. I loved it. Okay. Now, we've talked about last year, talked about CSM, talked about the Graham sessions. So what's coming up for 2017? I mean, this is what a lot of PTs want to know. Where Where is our profession headed and what is the APTA, quote unquote, doing for us? I'm sure. How many times do you hear that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, APTA is anyone who is a member of APTA. So it's what we're all doing collectively to move the profession forward. So um, we have a a goal that's that's called seven for 2017, seven things that the association is going to be uh, emphasizing through our strategic plan and moving towards the vision for APTA. One is the new CPT codes that were implemented January 1. We have three new evaluation codes, so we're very interested in making sure that that physical therapists are um, coding correctly. And we actually, when you use the Medicare calculator, we've identified that the value for these evaluation codes for physical therapists has increased. So we're excited about that. And um, the other side, the other piece of that is. We're very interested in physical therapists coding correctly because Medicare will be using this data eventually, perhaps, to stratify the payment for the three different codes, and we just want them to have good data right. to and, use and, to do that. And what is why were the what is the deal with the codes? Why why were they changed and? Where can people get more information on, because like you said, it's important to use them correctly. So where can people get yeah. more information? I mean, hopefully we're already, I mean, it's the end of January. Hopefully people are using yeah. these codes correctly. Yeah. If not, we're in big it, trouble. Yeah, we've had a huge education effort and there are free courses, self-paced courses that 
physical therapists can go to on the Learning Center. Just go to APTA's uh, website under payment, and you can see uh, we we have a one-page quick reference about using the new codes, or you can take a self-paced continuing ed course that's free to members and non-members. And that's that's how serious we are about wanting people to use it correctly. We're offering these free to members and non-members. And uh, we feel that very um, committed and, and, and know that it's going to be important in the long run to change payment. The reason for it was to, to shift the external community's thinking about physical therapy. It's, it's related to the, the fact that all of our patients aren't the same and that we have uh, clinical decision-making as we evaluate a patient that our, our patients come to us with a variety of needs and this helps us show payers and the community at large that we have some clinical decision-making and diagnostic factors that go into our thinking that eventually will predict the episode of care. So you have simple cases, moderate and more complicated cases that uh, will challenge the physical therapist and the patient for a longer time to resolve their issues. So that was the that was the purpose for having three levels of evaluation. Right. So so as an example, it might be, you know, someone who's let's say had a total knee replacement. So it could be. The passcode would just be, I think it was, would it use osteoarthritis, right? So, or the evaluation code was just 97001, right? Correct. And, correct. The ICD-10 codes are different than yeah, the ICD-10s are CPT different. codes, right. So if, if it's 97001 and you just have total knee replacement, then you don't really know anything more about that patient. It could be a 55-year-old with a total knee replacement, otherwise super healthy. Or it could be an 85-year-old with a total knee replacement with COPD and with congestive heart failure, you know, with other comorbidities. And so is that Correct. that's where those evaluation codes Correct. come in. Correct. The level, the level will consider the patient's overall health. It'll consider comorbidities. It'll consider the stability of the patient's situation, whether they're getting better, worse, or, or unchanged. Um, and, and so it's not just the ICD-10 code, it's the ICD-10 code plus our uh, differing values on the evaluation code that should give a picture of what that episode of care might look like. Right. So it's trying to be somewhat predictive in, its, in your evaluation, which, like you said, for a physical therapist, it's using our clinical decision-making skills and critical thinking and, and showing that, you know, we're we have the ability to do these things as healthcare practitioners. Which eventually will help usher our profession into new models of payment of mm-hmm. uh, episodic and population-based models. So it's, we're always looking not, not only at the current situation and payment and policy, but we're looking ahead and trying to read the tea leaves and position the profession favorably for continuing to participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is not easy. No, it's not. It is not easy. We, we It's not like we're at Hogwarts and we can just kind of, you know, look it up. That was a 
bad Harry Potter reference for people out there who don't know what Hogwarts is. Sorry. Um, I, at least I, I was even going to go into the professor who would look into the future, but I'll, I'll just hold off and say Hogwarts. Okay. Um, so that's, I, I would say that I would say the future in payment yeah. will be ever changing. Yeah. So there is no finish line in sight. The, the future in payment will require APTA and our stakeholders to continue to have conversations about best positioning the profession to continue to to be a part so that patients and the and society can access our services. So ultimately, we continue to evolve as as the health system evolves and and if we didn't we would quit being relevant and mm-hmm. that's, I don't think anybody wants that. No. So, no, you need a living a living changing thing. Correct. It's yeah. a marathon and not a not a sprint. So yeah. it's evolution and not revolution that, that we're we're pursuing here. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we want to make sure that the profession is positioned appropriately to take advantage of changes as they occur. So right. that that's that's never going to end for the association or the profession. But yeah. but it's good that we have a professional association that surveys the environment and makes sure that we, we stay engaged. Yeah. And so can, that's and just can be one, one thing for 2017. Yeah. We've got other opportunities that are evolving. The MIPS benchmarking, that's the um, um, voluntary reporting in 2017 so that we can benchmark to, to have PTs participate and the uh, incentive programs and payment eventually. Uh, we're continuing with the Choose PT mm-hmm. campaign. We have public service announcements, and we've gotten a lot of traction with this. So we're going to continue to to move these in, in different markets across the country. Student loan repayment and support was uh, an issue that came up last year's House of Delegates. And so we're working on new loan consolidation opportunities and financial literacy resources for students. Man, because that is, I mean, it makes me very, I don't know about you, but I'm really happy I graduated a while ago. I mean, the, <laughs> I won't say how long, but it's been a while. But the amount of student debt is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's 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 yeah. it's unbelievable. And, and I think anything that you can do to help these students out um the yeah would be wonderful yeah that's it's and and physical therapists aren't the only profession in the the, uh, student loan crisis because the cost of higher education continues to go up and up and up and but we uh had a, a motion before the 2016 house that directed apta to do something uh, related to loan consolidation. So the board has uh, passed some motions and the, the response and assistance should be well on its way when we have actual uh, specific information to share. It should be forthcoming pretty quickly. That's good. Um, yeah, so responding to our members and students' needs to to help them as, as much as APTA can get engaged to do that. So that's that's number four yep. of the seven for 17. And then we have um, a new partnership with our physical therapy journal online. 
um, we partnered with Oxford University Press to um, move towards being online only towards 2019. Right now, nice. uh, you can opt out to, of, the, of the print version. Many people opt in. I continue to like my print version of the journal because mm-hmm. I like to take it with me, and I'm, I'm of that generation that I like to feel and turn the pages. But mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have better online tools through our partnership with Oxford University Press. Oh, that'll be so um, nice. I would really like yeah. that. I live in New York. Yeah. I don't have room for all these PT journals, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I really don't either. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're not on a, a Skype. You would see stacks of journals oh, in my house. but yeah. And then, so what's number six? A diversity milestone. This year, ABTA hosts the 25th annual celebration of diversity. And the the diversity awards academic scholarships for um, our minority members who are seeking higher academic degrees and students in physical therapy um, have long had opportunities to apply for financial aid. So this marks the 25th year that we celebrate diversity in the association. And our celebration has um, been co-hosted by the section on education and ACAPT over the last several years. So that's usually held in conjunction with the Education Leadership Conference. That will be in October. Cool. Um, and then, and then finally, more. what I'm most looking forward to is the public um, opening of of the pu- public launch at rather, of our Physical Therapy Outcomes Registry. This has been a project in the making for over 10 years that we've been talking about the importance of creating an outcomes registry for physical therapy, but it really gained traction within the association and our priorities and our budgeting for it over the last three years. And we pilot-tested the registry back in the summer of 2016 and we're finally ready to launch it for public consumption at CSM. So in two short weeks, you'll be able to see the registry in the exhibit hall and be able to sign up to participate in the physical therapy outcomes registry. And what what, what does that involve? It involves being able to, to participate in a, in a large scale data collection repository that you'll be able to compare your clinical outcomes to your peers across the country for your own professional development and growth and practice enhancement. You'll be able to um, have your practice engaged in and looking at clinicians within your practice. Say you have one clinician that's doing a certain diagnostic group exceptionally. You can see what their practice patterns are and do practice development. But what it's going to do for APTA is help us in our policy efforts to defend and and improve the way policymakers see physical therapy because we'll have data to go and support our uh, policy efforts. I was at the CMS office in September um, looking to some of the the coding changes and the values that were being placed on codes 
advocating for payment for physical therapy. And the response was, we need more data. We need data to justify a change in payment. So this is going to provide us with a large-scale data set with outcomes and comparative effectiveness that we've not had um, in the past to support our policy efforts as a profession. And so that's what's exciting to me. And, and also, I mean, we're going to use it in our residency program for uh, clinical development of, of early career professionals, too, to load your, load your outcomes, data, compare yourself to your peers across the country, and improve your practice. And do you have to pay for that? Is that part of, or do you have to be an APTA member to register? How does that work? There, there, there is a per clinician per year price. And we, with the vendor that we have right now, we will be able to offer a member discount. And the price point is public, but I'm, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid to tell you what the price point is on no, the podcast because okay. I'm we afraid can... I'll. I'll get it wrong, but yeah, yeah we can look the prices it up. will be available in the exhibit hall at CSM. Great, great. And so, what is so? That's our seven for 2017. And I guess the the last thing is, what do you feel like? I mean, that's that's a, a lofty list, right? So, what do you think the biggest challenges are going to be to kind of meet those seven for 17? Um, I think, I think to, to stay focused on, on meeting the needs of, of the profession and society's access to our profession, we, we have to stay true to our mission and vision. And the, the challenge is not to get sidetracked by competing interest and, and boy, are there ever competing interests in, in the association and in the profession. Um, so the, the challenge is always alignment of our stakeholder groups towards the collective vision of the profession. But I feel like 2016 was a great year and, and shoring up some of the, the partnerships that we have internally and then looking externally to, to begin to uh, add partners to to better address society's need for our service. So it, it's it's yes, the goals are lofty, but they're certainly worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And before we sign off, I have one more question for you. And I've been kind of asking this question to to all of my guests. And the question is this: What would you, knowing what you know now and where you are in your life and in your career? What would you say to to you when you first graduated from PT school? <laughs> what advice would you give to yourself X amount of years ago? Um, I, I think I would say to me as a new graduate, what I say to current new graduates is be the best version of yourself you can be in whatever environment that you find yourself, but be sure that you balance your life and juggle wisely. Um, make sure that you prioritize the things in your life that you couldn't live without at the top of your list. And that's, for me, it's 
faith, family, and friends. Um, every everything else is is an added bonus. But b- balance, prioritization, and then being the best version of yourself that you can bring. Well, I think that's great advice for anyone at any age. Um, <laughs> so I thank you so much for coming on. Now, I know people can find you. You're on Twitter. So people can find you on Twitter. And do you encourage people to come up to you at CSM? Is that something you want? Do you, what, you know, what, what is best? So let's say people are listening to this. They're like, oh, I'm going to CSM. I hope I can see her. What would be the best way to approach you? Actually, just, just come up to me and introduce yourself. That's what I'm very open to hearing your thoughts and opinions about the profession and what you think APTA is should be most engaged in. Um, if if we're interrupted by Bonnie to say, hey, Sharon, we got to go, don't be offended uh, because I would like to sit and visit with everybody for a prolonged period of time, but the schedule with CSM just doesn't permit um, prolonged conversations. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully you won't be mobbed at CSM. And I look forward (laughs) to seeing you in a couple of weeks, although this is going to air like the day before CSM. But I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me on. And I appreciate everything you do to spread the word about APTA and the profession and all the good and potential that we have. So really, really appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. And everyone who's listening, we both appreciate you for listening. And uh, everybody have a great week. Uh, Stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. (laughs) 